Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. Supporting women is my passion and my purpose, and finding other women and men who do the same thing is my favorite thing to do. Their stories are inspiring, and they help us all understand that we all can succeed if we help and support one another in our work and in our lives. These amazing conversations gave me the stories and wisdom from my earlier book, Leading Women, but they've also inspired me with my new book, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, which came out in the beginning of 2019. Now, this week, I'm pleased to introduce you to another amazing woman, Luce Reyes Martin. Luce is an advocate, activist, and active member of her community. She has over 10 years of professional experience working in the fields of economic development, land use planning, community development, communications, and she's currently the executive director of public affairs and communications for the Santa Barbara City College. She is a proud daughter of immigrant parents. Luce is a successful public school product with a bachelor's degree in political science and Chicano studies for from Stanford and a master's in planning and another master's degree in public administration from USC. Luce is in her first year as president of the Santa Barbara Women's Political Committee, uh, which is a nonpartisan political action organization, which goals are of achieving society based on feminist values for full gender equality. She also serves as the elected trustee of the Goleta Union School Board and as the executive committee member of the Santa Barbara Sierra Club and the board of the Planned Parenthood Central Coast Action Fund. She is a one busy, involved, amazing woman. You know, I met Luce at my house when she participated in the shooting of the new documentary and would like to find out more about her insights, about our community, and how women can make a difference. I am pleased to welcome Luce Rays Martin to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. Well, Luce, thank you so much for being with me. I am now recording you, so welcome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Glad you're with me. Well, you know, I've been doing these uh, these podcasts for about ten years now, so I should I should have this down to a fine science. But every time I do it, it's a it's a it's a wonderful new experience. So, and you know, the most important thing that I do is talk about you. That is what's so so very very important. Your story. Why you are who you are is so extremely important to me. Mm. So I always ask, Luce, how'd you get to be you? How'd that happen? How'd that happen? So um, I guess the best way to explain that um, is really some some pretty formative experiences as a, as a kid. I grew up in the Los Angeles area in the 90s, um, essentially. I'm an, an immigrant to this country, so I have, you know, an immigrant background with really hardworking um, immigrant parents. Um, and one of my earliest um, kind of memories and experiences was in elementary school uh, when California passed uh, Proposition 187 that really criminalized um, undocumented um, immigrants um, in, in California. And I remember vividly, you know, I was, I think, in second grade, being fearful, even though I myself was not undocumented, 
being fearful as a very young child, um, having my classmates be fearful, you know, is my, is someone going to come, come get me or come take my parents? Am I going to be separated from my parents? It's so fascinating and, and tragic, really, that we're seeing that play out again on a national level. So I really remembered that, and I remembered that that was a product of uh, government um, and our democracy. Um, and I kept remembering back to that moment, even as I, um, you know, got into high school and into college and really became more of an advocate and activist. You know, I remembered, you know, the, the very important role that legislators and government can play and how critical it is for, you know, people to be involved in that process um, and to hold those legislators and elected officials accountable and how important it was to have more women in those roles, more people of color in those roles. And, and I think so I remember back to those moments and that really, I think, motivated me to, to learn more. Um, so in college, you know, I, I studied public policy and I studied history um, and became very actively involved at Stanford as an undergraduate, and and then, you know, that bled into being involved in my community. And, and yeah. now that I'm here in, in Santa Barbara, you know, that's a real core part of why I um, am really committed to, you know, organizations like the Women's Political Committee that really work to expand our democracy um, and include more women and feminist policies um, in our in our community at every level. Yeah, if if you don't mind, go ahead and say who you're working for and what you're doing, because I think that truly is very, very important for people to understand where you've been and where you are today. Oh, sure, yes. So I am currently serving as president of the Santa Barbara Women's Political Committee, and I'm also, you know, very honored and fortunate to serve as an elected uh, school board member um, in Goleta. I'm in my second term, and those are, you know, two big roles that I, I really enjoy having in this in this community. Okay. And Executive Director of Public Affairs and Communications for Santa Barbara City College. That's correct. Yeah, my my day job. <laughs> your, <laughs> your other job that pays a lot. My of other job, yes. <laughs> well, it, you're you're definitely. I, I love the term activist. I love the term advocate. And you know, and again, our histories are so very very important for us to understand where we've come from and where we're going. Yeah, I I, I find it extremely interesting and sad what's going on. In fact, I do know of a person that that's actually been working with me that's now across the border in Mexico and having difficulty. Uh, I mean, wow. just, yeah. I mean, our, our country was based on, you know, immigration issues, but our country really is was full of immigrants. That's all we were. The only Absolutely. true American, the only true Americans were the American Indian and, and they probably came, and they came from somewhere else as, as well. So I think sometimes we need to remember our history, and so very, very valuable it is for us to remember. But but thank you for continuing to understand the importance as well. But Okay, so what's going on in the political arena for women right now? Because we're coming up to a big, big election, and I know one of the things that you've done in the past and have been really an advocate to get women to run for public office. Absolutely. I think we're living in a, in a really exciting time as we're seeing more women um, stepping up to to run for elected office at every level. 
Um, I think something that I'm particularly focused on here in Santa Barbara is in talking to women about um, every level of elected office. The headlines really are about how many women are in Congress or in Senate or even at the state level in state legislatures. But so many of the decisions that impact everyday life um, are at the local level. And we still do not have anywhere near parity on gender, on things like school boards, like water boards, like city councils, like county supervisors. Um, And those are often, you know, some positions that people don't think about. They are, I mean, you'd be surprised how many of them are uncontested or have not been contested for many, many years or many election cycles. Um, And that's work that I think the the Women's Political Committee has been particularly effective on here locally is, you know, not only making those positions more visible and informing people that those are options, but training, you know, potential candidates on, you know, what makes you an, uh, a competitive applicant or a competitive candidate for a water board. Um, we have so many women in, that are uh, scientists, um, and I know we had the March for Science, and so many women scientists were interested in elected office and something like a water board or a city council are perfect places to kind of enter the political arena um, if you're a first-time candidate. And we need them. We need them at every every level of government. Um, we need that to happen. You make such a great point. You know, sometimes, you know, women do think about the, the big picture and look at these high offices, Senate and Congress and everything that we were talking about. But you're right, local – in fact, you know, we, we look at our candidates – and we look at their qualifications, and oftentimes they have started at a local level, which is which is key for the experience and understanding how the system works and how to work in the system itself. So that yeah, I mean the local level. I mean, geez, that's to be honest with you. Uh, until you said that, I thought absolutely. Now, now California just recently passed a new law, and I I don't know since we're both sitting in California right now, we probably need to continue to share that because this is definitely a precedence that needs to happen all over our country about women on boards. Talk about that yeah. that new law. Absolutely, and that's a law that um, you know we're, we're was championed by one of our local um, state legislatures, um, Senator Hannah Beth Jackson, and that gives some mandates um, to corporate boards, which is incredibly important um, to have more women on corporate boards. And and that can be oftentimes an, an avenue for things like executive level experience or experience on those types of boards. And I think, you know, kind of the parallel to that on the public side are we have so many boards and commissions that are so often a stepping stone for, um, for, you know, elected office. And again, those positions I know here in Santa Barbara, you know, a couple of years ago, there was a study that was done that looked at gender on things like county boards. And there was a great deal of disparity. Um, and that is an area where, you know, the, the people that are appointing people to these boards and commissions are the city council members. And we need to, you know, hold them accountable to have gender parity um, at least on, on these boards and commissions because they're such a valuable place to get experience to be better better known and to really encourage women that are part of these boards and commissions to then take that next step to elected office. Yeah. 
We, we have a term that we use often, and it's in the book, In This Together. It's called lift as you go. And, and oh, I, I love that. This is the key for women, of course, first of all, supporting each other, but lifting another woman as you get there. You know, you, you can't become, especially women, you can't become something that you've never seen and you don't know anything about. I love your commission. and I mean, I love this group. You're training them. You're getting them professionally ready for this, these positions. But again, I, I think sometimes we have to remember that there are so many women that have wonderful talents and abilities, but really maybe they've never been asked. Maybe they've never been encouraged to do this. I, I still remember a, a group that I was involved with that was called Female Leaders in Philanthropy, and it was a, a flip, a kind of this, it was called Flip. And I remember asking this woman one time, I said, I'd, I'd love for you to join Flip. She goes, oh, no, no, I can't do that. And I said, well, why not? She says, because I'm not a leader. Mm. And it really boggled my mind. And then I thought to myself, that can be a really common denominator for many women because they don't see themselves as a leader or in a le- and taking a leadership position. What what can you say about that? I think you're absolutely right. And and this is something that I I feel so passionately about in in modeling that, you know, for other women, you know, here in our community. And you're right, the that adage of you can't be what you can't see. Right. You know, when, when a position came up uh, or was going to be available on the Goleta School Board, I never thought about it. You know, it was not something that I was actively seeking or had considered. Um, and it took several women in this community who, you know, said, you should look at this, you would be great. And I had the same kind of responses. That's not me. No, I don't, I don't have time for that. Why would anyone ever vote for me? Um, You do all those same, you know, behaviors of of self-doubt and, and the idea that, you know, someone else will be better at it and I can support them. So being in this position, you know, I am often talking to women about um, you can do this, and here's how. You know, I have two young children under the age of four, um, and <laughs> and I talk four. to women about, you know, you yeah. can do it, and and I yep. think a lot of it is women are um, are I th- I think more analytical and. So they, it, I found that it's helpful to talk about, you know, the specifics of how I can do it, you know. And then I, I noticed that people are like, oh, I could do that because I can say, you know, well, I made it clear to the staff in my district that we should have our meetings in the evenings because that means I can have a full-time job. I need to know well in advance when these meetings are so that I can plan ahead. You need to have honest conversations with your partner about the commitment that you're making and why it's important for children to see moms and to see women in these leadership positions um, and how important that is. Um, so it's it's just so important to to model that, to talk about it, and to show people that that you can do it, that that women can be in these elected roles, that moms can be in these elected roles, and and it can work. Yeah. Well, you know, we in the in the book in this together, we we talk, we've studied, we've talked to women in, in all all areas diverse of areas of diversity, and you know, the, we all have biases, and one of the things that many women have is a bias not only towards themselves but other women as far as their being deserving or being 
able to do certain jobs. And and it really is interesting when you start to talk to women. Also, you know, they're not good at asking for help. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is a key also that we found is that too many of us, including myself, because I also went to school, I worked, and I had small children, and I mean, I wasn't very good at asking for help. So I felt like I had to do it all and to prove to myself and other people I could do it all. But again, the most successful women, as you said, you know, you have to have a support system, not only of other women, but people in your cadre, in your your coaches and your cheerleaders and your supporters to truly be successful. But you have to find those people and you have to uh, have to ask for those people to help you. Exactly. And and I can only imagine how much more isolating it would feel for me as a school board member if I didn't have those peers here locally that I could reach out to. I think, you know, a, a big part of the work that the Women's Political Committee has done is is get more women into, into office. Um, so we have endorsed candidates, for example, on the Santa Barbara School Board, uh, I believe four of the five of them are WPC endorsed candidates, um, and on the Goleta School Board, uh, three or, or three or four as well. Um, and we all know each other, and we all are kind of in this work together. And we can call each other, you know, when we've had a, a really difficult meeting or we need advice on how to handle something. You know, those peer relationships, too, are just so critical. Um, and it's one of the benefits of having, you know, more more women in those roles. Yeah. Do, do you all talk about that even when you're recruiting women for these positions that, you know, you're not going to do this alone? Whatever you do, we're going to be there side by side. You know, and, and absolutely. And, but but another thing, and <laughs> I just came from a, a very large conference meetings in New York City, and these are women that are taking their money, they're taking their resources, and they're changing the world for good. This is another thing that we talk a lot about is that they're they're not good about asking for money and getting money, and and the, the understand the value of the dollar and that money is strictly a vehicle and something that we can use to to make our lives better and the lives of other people better as well. So can we talk about that just for a minute? Oh, I think you're you're so right, and I have lived that experience as a candidate. That was the absolute hardest part of running for office was learning how to ask for money. Um, And I think what was helpful for me, and I know it's helpful when I talk to other women, is thinking about it in terms of an investment. And it's an investment in what you bring to the table and what you are going to achieve on behalf of the people that you represent. So it's not about giving, you know, you as an individual, you know, money. It's about this greater cause. Um, But you're absolutely right. It is the hardest part of the type of candidate development or candidate training work we do is – getting women to feel comfortable about asking for money and and being good at it and understanding the value of that it's it's so incredibly difficult and it continues to be difficult and i hope sure. that keeps improving and changing but it is definitely uh, a hard part i do too you know we we've seen women candidates come to the table 
and look very, very look like they're really going to be successful as their as their run, you know, and, and their success as far as being voted in, but then they disappear. What what do you think goes on at that point? Because I mean, we've really had some great candidates come out, and I mean, at local levels and other levels, but they come out, and it's it. it I mean, they really do look like they've got the credentials and they've got whatever it takes, but then all of a sudden they disappear. What what's going on? Do you think? Do you mean in terms of they don't actually end up running? Right. They don't run. They don't complete the race. I mean, they just fall away. They fall away by the side. Yeah, I think um, it's it's really interesting. I think there's, there's some element of um, each one of those cases will have uh, something unique or something particular about what may have happened there. Um, but I think in, in the work that we do with the Women's Political Committee, some of the things that I think happen – are this idea of, of timing. You know, I can't. I hear very often, you know, I, I can do this and, you know, would probably get elected, but the timing is not right. And I think that is challenging, and I think that's changing because I think part of it, too, is, you know, you for me at least, I know that I, I'm able to do the work that I do because I have a, a very strong and equal partner at home. Not every woman has that, um, although I think that's changing and, and improving. Um, but you really need to have that. And, and I know that, uh, you know, I've heard, I've heard that as a reason why, you know, something might not happen. I think another piece of it, too, that's particularly hard here in, in our local area is so many elected positions either do not pay a salary um, or it's more of a stipend. And we have, you know, most people in Santa Barbara need to work um, sure. or, or they, they live in a dual income household or they're a single income household. And, and you just can't take on a position that is full time and is not paid. So I know that there are locally some elected bodies that have been actively working on that, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. For example, the city of Goleta recently adopted actual salaries for their um, city council members. It's certainly not enough to live in Santa Barbara, but it's definitely enough where it might be feasible for someone in a dual-income household or someone who maybe works, you know, in addition to that role, maybe does some freelance work where they can actually make it work. Because before that, um, I think the stipend for a city council member was a couple hundred dollars a month. <laughs> which you know severely well, you might limits as well get out on the street really limits the, the yeah, number really. of of wow. people who can actually do that. Well, no, no, it has to be someone in a very select group of, of exactly. People. All right, well, let's do this. I'm you know I'm going to kind of put you on the spot a little bit here, but okay, Ruth, how would what? Okay, if you're recruiting me and you said. Nancy, I really want you to run. What are some of the things that you would encourage? Uh, how would you get me? How would you get me to run? How would you do that? I would tell you that I have seen firsthand the impact that having a woman at the table making decisions has. Women are able to think, I believe, more critically. They're able to, I think, particularly with budgets. I think the best uh, decision makers on budget I've often seen are women. And you're able to see things and think about things and think about questions that will not otherwise be asked at that table. So my message really is that we need you. 
Um, yeah. your, the community needs you. Your voice is important and it is valued, and it will not otherwise happen if it's not you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to support me? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. Where do I sign? Where's that? Line? Yeah. <laughs> let's find. Let's find a, a, an office for you. Oh my goodness! Um, right now, <laughs> and I'm not going to make any excuses. No, I've. Uh, I think people that run for public office are extremely wonderful people. But <clears throat> excuse me, got a little frog there. But uh, anyway, now, um, so w- what can we look forward to? You think coming? With what's coming up for women and diversity and leadership? What do you what do you anticipate? What is what is your greatest hope right now? Oh, my greatest hope is to see a woman president. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's that's, it's really that's the bad. ultimate glass ceiling, isn't it? I it think it really is, and I'm very encouraged by what we saw in in 2018 at the congressional level. That was yeah. a phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, movement. And we've seen some of that, the ripple down, you know, there's so many candidate, local candidates um, here in California at the state level, at the local level, who are inspired by, by what we saw at the congressional yeah. level. So I think there's going to be a long ripple effect of that success, which is really exciting. And then, of course, I think that my, my greatest hope is, is to see a woman president. Yeah. Well, I can only say I absolutely agree with you. Until we have that, we're we're really going to be still bumping our heads on that glass ceiling. Like I think I said, so too. You, you can't you can't become something that you've never seen and you don't know about. Mm-hmm. And we've seen too many women candidates go to the gate but not go through it. So yeah, yeah, I, I think I, I think it's time. I really, really do. I I just hope and pray this is the election that. Uh, will really break break through that glass ceiling that we can really start to understand that really it's going to take us all. You know, uh, one of the things that I've really come to understand, you know, you talk about your your partner, your collaborator, your supporter. We've got to have that for men. We've got to have that as well as the, the support of other women. That's why In This Together really is that we not only find each other and support each other, men and women, but we all get together and go, wait a minute, it's for the good of, it's, it's for the good of us all. There's plenty, exactly. of, uh, plenty of pieces to the pie, but we're, we're really all in it for the same outcome, which is to, help, to all live in a better world. And for that one-year-old and that four-year-old to have the best life ever as they grow up. So Yes. And I, you know, I have a, a daughter and a son, and and I take them with me anytime I can because yeah. I I really feel that you know for both of them for a, yeah. a little girl and for a young man sure. they need to see at a very young age women in leadership roles, women working for their community for the greater good, and to see their role in yeah. the future as being an equal partner. Yeah. No, I did the same with my my children, and and uh, they can tell you I I took them a lot of places. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, you keep doing that. Well, I I can only wish you all the best of all things in life, and you continue. Oh, thank to, you. Uh, now you're I understand you're probably going to be running for public office at some point here too. At least that's what I kind of there was a little birdie telling me something <laughs> about that that you're busy recruiting other people, but you know you have such a wonderful uh, vida and resume of your own that uh, running for political office would be an excellent thing, place for you. Plus, you're you're so well-versed, and you have such a wonderful story to share. And, oh, I, and, I, and I urge you to continue to share your personal story, because I think 
that's what really helps women to understand that, you know, we oftentimes will look at a woman who's successful, who's dressed well, who's well-versed and well-spoken, and then we go, gosh, and then we find out her background story. We find her personal story and find out that we all tie our shoes the same way and there's all the same things that we can learn from each other. But, uh, Luce, it's a wonderful, it's a pleasure to have talked to you today. And uh, like I said, uh, one of the things Women Connect for Good is doing and take the lead is that we are promoting women leaders in all areas uh, of the world and in leadership positions. So if there's anything that we can continue to do to help you all and help you to continue your road to success as far as women leaders, let us know. Oh, thank you so much. And I've I've loved speaking with you, and it's really an honor. Thank you for all the work you're doing. Well, you keep up the good work, and we'll just keep at it because uh, okay. we're, we're getting there. And this election, I think, let's just be smiling when it's done. Let's just be smiling. Yes, that would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> you have a wonderful day. You thank too. You. Thank I'll, you. I'll, so, I'll take, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.